it's a whole package. And, um, you know, if I can educate people on trying to make good lifestyle choices that lead them on this path, you know, nobody can say cure, nobody can say absolutely preventable, but these will up the odds. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Joining us on the Mind Your Body show today, we have Kathy Biasse. Kathy is a certified holistic nutritionist and cancer coach who is dedicated to helping people understand the power that lies at the end of their fork. A breast cancer survivor herself, Kathy specializes in the functional application of nutrition for root cause health improvement for chronic disease with a particular focus on cancer care. So through TV, speaking engagements, and working one-on-one, Kathy educates people on topics such as nutritional support for cancer patients, managing side effects of allopathic cancer care, the microbiome, which is a topic I love talking about as well, and its links to health, immune support, improving gut health, and cancer coaching. Kathy has a Bachelor of Science from the University of Toronto with a major in psychology. She is a graduate of the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and is a certified professional cancer coach. She is also currently the host of The Health Cub, a radio talk show and podcast covering various aspects of integrated health. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you, Trudy. Thanks for having me. It is such a pleasure having you here today, Kathy. So Kathy, so for those of you who don't know, you want to learn a little bit more about you and more about, you know, what I shared in the bio there. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and maybe what you're up to in the world? Um, Well, my name is Kathy Biasse. I have been working in clinic for the past five years as a holistic nutritionist and specializing within our clinic in integrative, um, integrative oncology support for cancer patients. Um, I'm transitioning online a lot more. Current situation has really pushed the envelope for a lot of practitioners. So it's been a learning experience, but uh, I'm now transitioning online. I've taken my clinic program and I've put it as a, um, a like a one-time purchasable online program for people. So that's what I've been up to, trying to get people more aware of cancer prevention and supporting their health if you are in a cancer diagnosis. So those are my the the things that I'm beating my drum about right now. Oh, and Kathy, the work that you do is so incredibly important. We're definitely going to be talking more about your program a little bit later. So Kathy, how does your personal experience with breast cancer impact your practice? Uh, It it impacts it greatly. Um, When I was diagnosed, um, I was I went into a dark place. I, it took me a couple of weeks to get my head around a diagnosis. I thought I'd been a healthy person. I did all the things, everything was checkmarked and um, 
the explanation was given to me was bad luck. Um, so I'm not, not an answer that I was happy with. So I, I just, I went through my treatments. I, d- I did the allopathic care, but I was fortunate enough to be in um, a small boutique gym. And when I went to them and said, I'm going to have to pull back, um, they said, absolutely not. And they, they helped me with nutrition and they helped me with certain supplementation prior to going through my treatments and exercise. And because I made it through treatment well, I mean, I had some side effects, but I saw other people who suffered terribly, whose treatment was interrupted, who uh, I spoke to one woman who was actually in hospital, uh, hospitalized because of the, the side effects of her treatment. And I came to understand, especially after a nurse, a nurse called me up when I was waiting for my chemotherapy. And I thought, oh, no, you know, this is always, you know, the dread, your name is called or the hospital's called and you get that in the pit of your stomach. I actually lost 25 pounds before I even started any treatment, because every time that phone rang, um, I just was a a bundle of nerves. So um, when she called me up, I was, you know, always expecting the worst thing. And she said, your, you know, your blood work is really great. And whatever you're doing continue. And it was really at that moment, I thought, you know, I'm not doing stuff that is out of the realm of possibility for anybody. All I'm doing is entering these processes, entering these treatments, I'm entering them in a healthy manner. And it had come at a time, my diagnosis came right after my dad and I had shut down his business. And um, it was about a month later that I was diagnosed and it was a stressful business. And anyways, after I was diagnosed, I went through the one year and I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I've always been working and I thought I'm going to go to nutrition school. I'm going to understand the value of nutrition. And that was really my only impetus. It wasn't, I wanted to get into cancer care. It was, I just want to get into this, this area of nutrition is vital. And then as I was going through, one of the teachers said, now you need to specialize. You, you can't just be a nutritionist, right? You need to be able to go into a field where, um, you know, you can have a niche, you know, business, you know how it is, Trudy, find your niche. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, it's not going to be cancer. No way. Um, and then it just, things just keep coming and popping up and people asking me questions. And then the teacher, the same teacher had said, tell your story and that's your niche. And I thought, all right. So I ended up uh, taking the um, cancer program. Uh, It was a two-year online program, so I took that. And it's just evolved, and and Karma had it. I have aligned with um, a naturopathic oncology team. So I think the cards were just there. And that's how – and really, truly, the the big thing that I think people I work with – they can feel a little bit more confident is that I understand the impact of what they're going through. I'm not just book knowledge. I'm not just being sympathetic. I can totally understand from that emotional piece um, what the diagnosis does to you. And I think when people, I don't share my story readily when people come into the clinic, um, but when we get into that conversation and if it does come up, it's almost like they're like, oh, okay, so you get it. And I think that a lot of people, we have a a nice affinity together um, because I do understand I'm very, very sensitive to that emotional side of the cancer piece. Um, So I talk from that. I really do. I really believe that I talk from that angle, knowing the stress and emotion that's involved. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Long winded answer to your no, story. So, I, <laughs> no, it, it was awesome. And if you see me smiling and shaking my head, for those of you who might be watching the video, it's because I'm listening to Kathy's story and I'm just, I'm, I'm becoming more and more aware of the similarities that we do have. Um, you know, when you said that you went to nutrition school and it wasn't really necessarily at that time to, you know, pursue a career in it. And that's the same journey that I had as well with nutrition. It wasn't necessarily that I wanted to become a nutritionist. It was, I wanted to learn more. Like I had gone through my own personal struggles, not nearly anywhere close to what you have gone through, Kathy, but, you know, with weight loss and losing weight. And the more that I learned about, you know, what worked and what didn't work and what women were doing that they thought were helpful, but it really wasn't was the more that I wanted to learn. And that's when I went to school and became a nutritionist. And then somewhere along the line, it was like, okay, wait a minute. I can actually do this and I can help, you know, to improve Mm -hmm. people's lives. So when you say that, you know, you're, what makes you such a good coach is that you've been there, you know, you Mm -hmm. get it. You have that 360 degree view of it. You know what those emotions are like, you know what the treatments look like. And and Mm -hmm. there's no better person to learn from than somebody who's been through that. And now is on the other side of it. I think we all have a story to tell and I wouldn't, you know, I think your emotional journey and your journey in health is completely as relevant as mine, just different. And I think we all have, um, you know, a lot of us have this journey and this, you know, they're facing health issues. So it's not that mine was worse, or it's just that it was mine. And then if I can share my story with people, um, I think that there's a comfort level that it sound, may sound corny, but I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I think that that's important. I, I try to get people to tell their story all the time because you may never know who you impact. And I remember interviewing a guest on one of my shows and he said, um, I think that if anybody can move a person or help one person in their lifetime, they've lived a life well lived. Mm. And I thought, you know, that's perfect. And that's, we all, you tell your story, I tell my story. And and people who need to gravitate to us will. We're not out to change the world. We're just out to make positive steps. Oh, I love that, Kathy. Confused about which foods to stock in your kitchen? My free Bear Essentials ebook is the ultimate grocery list for healthy eating success. In the ebook, you'll learn how to stock your kitchen, which removes the confusion about what's actually healthy. The ebook also contains healthy, delicious recipes so that you can put those ingredients into action and give your body the nutrient that it needs. You can grab it now at trudyestone.com forward slash pantry. There's also a link in the show notes for you to grab it. So before we even start talking more about like nutrition and and cancer care specifically, can we talk about, you know, what some of the key components are of cancer prevention, if there are any that you can talk about? The vast majority of cancer um, diagnosis are preventable. That's a scientific, um, that's a scientific thing. Um, Genetic mutations causing cancer is a very small percentage of cancer, but it doesn't mean that it's easily preventable. So we have environmental factors that impinge upon us, things that we can try and modulate, things that we can't. Um, Nutrition, Uh, what we do, lifestyle is huge. We can actually umbrella nutrition under lifestyle choices. Smoking is still, um, you know, the tops of the of the things that lifestyle choices that can cause cancer, but um, how we sleep, how we move, if we move, how we think, what goes into our body. And of course, the passion that we share is cultivating a healthy microbiome. All of these things are 
you know, we can piece together a million different lifestyle things, but it's the choices that we make to further our health, um, either negatively or positively, that can lead us on a cancer prevention lifestyle or not. Um, but it's, it's, it's so many different things wrapped together. And, you know, and this is just, this is not scientific. This is just from me and working with people. And I just think everyone has some type of a weakness, whether it's, you know, a, a propensity to gain weight or whether it's heart disease or whether it's cancer. And I think sometimes, as I said, this is not a scientific thing. We just have this weakness. And when we're not attending to our health, well, it manifests differently in other people. For me, it was a cancer diagnosis. Um, so as I said, for me, I thought I ate well, I thought I exercised a lot, I was under a lot of stress. And it wasn't really negative stress. It was just life stress. I didn't, you know, I was a mom of four still am, and uh, really busy with the kids and not taking probably the best care not sleeping. So all of these things, you know, I think once we once we put, you know, put a pin in, in the way we educate ourselves about lifestyle choices. These are the things that lead to prevention. It's a complete package. It's not just what I eat. It's not just the amount I exercise. It's a whole package. And, um, you know, if I can educate people on trying to make good lifestyle choices that lead them on this path, you know, nobody can say cure, nobody can say absolutely preventable, but these will up the odds. Mm, so good. And I love that you talked about, you know, lifestyle choices, and it's not just one thing. It's not just one silver bullet. It's, you know, a, a multitude of different things that can actually, you know, put you at a greater risk for a, a cancer diagnosis or not. And so, it can be, it, to me, that's also, it can be comforting. So it's not mm, like, oh my gosh, mm, I didn't eat that. What's going to happen? There are so right. many ways to skin a cat in a prevention lifestyle. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit more about what you do and your work specifically with cancer patients. And, you know, why is it important to have a solid nutrition plan when you're going through cancer treatment? The, the piece of the puzzle that normal or regular or standard um, protocols don't really hit upon is health. So your oncology team is working to, uh, to eradicate the cancer. They're working on that piece of you. But there's really that space of health and that controllable piece that we have um, that isn't really focused on. When you go into cancer care in a healthier state, you can help mitigate side effects. You can help to um, ensure or to to not ensure. I mean, I can't use these solid words, but you can have better odds of finishing your treatment. You are just in a better place to receive treatment. If your immune system is not as inflamed, if your microbiome is in good shape, all of these things add up to being healthier going into your treatment, which can only benefit you in the long run. Mm, so true. So why does it matter when we eat and how can fasting be used in cancer care? Fasting, uh, you know, this is all over the internet and intermittent fasting and timed eating. They can mm. be great additions, great therapies in a total health protocol in cancer care. Uh, not necessarily for everybody. This is a very individualized um, therapy. I call it a therapy because we're talking specifically for cancer patients going through treatment. There is lots of research out there. Uh, Walter Longo, for instance, has research showing that if we can restrict our calories and lower the carbs, 
prior to treatment that um, it may, the treatment may be more beneficial and we may be able to mitigate side effects. So having an eating window um, in, in general health is beneficial because it helps balance and it helps sync our circadian rhythms. Um, having a, a timed eating therapy going into cancer treatment is very dependent upon the actual person. It's not a blanket statement that everybody should be fasting going into treatment. We have to look at the health of the patient. We have to look at uh, weight loss. If there's been a significant weight loss, we certainly don't want to be impinging um, a person's uh, caloric intake, but we can work on the timing of eating. So lots of ways that we can use types of eating therapies, uh, the when to eat and the how to eat going into treatment, cutting down carbs and increasing uh, caloric intake in other areas is another alternative. But it's again, it's a very, people should be working with someone who has established and understands this. It's not just a blanket, I'm going to stop eating before treatment. It's, um, it really needs to be an individualized, we need to see each case, how they are, how people are before they go into do this, doing this therapy. Interesting. I've never heard about the fasting angle before. So that's, that's so fascinating. Thank you so much for explaining that. So we talked about fasting, but what about detoxing? Cause I know a lot of people are on detoxes and wanting to try detoxes. Mm-hmm. Why should you avoid, or should you avoid detox programs when going through cancer treatments? Yes, you should be avoiding, uh, forced detox treatments. When the body is undergoing therapy, uh, toxins can be built up. And if you're forcing detoxification, you can overrun the body with toxins. You can force things out of the, try and force things out of your system that your body isn't ready to eliminate. Yes, it's got to be gradual. You've got to be gentle with your system. Um, It's important to support your detoxification system. Our body does a great job of detoxifying. And if we know how to support our kidneys, our liver, our microbiome, our lungs, and our skin, we we help to support what the body is doing naturally. That is the detoxification that we want to be working on going through treatment. We certainly don't want to be overwhelming the body uh, with a detox program while you're going through treatment. Even after treatment, there should be a period of time before you really start some type of a program. You can just overwhelm the body and we Mm -hmm. have to be really careful about that. Mm, thank you so much for explaining that. So you talked a little bit earlier about circadian rhythms and, and of course the microbiome. Can you tell us a little bit more about the importance of circadian rhythms and you know the importance of attending to your microbiome? So our circadian rhythms are generally speaking the 24-hour sleep-wake cycle. And during the day, our body wants to do certain things, and at night it wants to do other things. So I always use the liver as an example. It's just the easiest. Um, During the day, the liver wants to be involved in digestion and nutrient absorption and creation, storing of glycogen, and at nighttime, storing of glucose. And at nighttime, the, the liver wants to do more of the detoxification, and the body wants to be more of in the repair area. When we mix these things up, so you think of this area in the brain as a conductor. So the brain is getting signals um, and the main signals are light and darkness. They impact certain hormones that help 
to sync our circadian rhythm. And when the brain is getting these signals, if the signals are in sync with what the body wants to do, things start working really well, or they continue to work really well. Um, if the brain is getting signals, if we're looking at our computers and the, the, the light from the computer is impacting our brain and our brain is thinking, oh, it's still daytime, the brain, the body is going to continue on sort of a daytime cycle. And we need to differentiate day and night. We need to differentiate sleep and wake time because hormones are impacted processes that go on in the body are impacted. And these are vital, especially going through cancer care. You want to make sure that at night, your body is detoxifying. So we've talked about supporting detoxification and repairing. We want to make sure it's, it's a very solid line that is crossed. So sleep is extremely important. The timing of when we eat. So people who eat very close to bedtime, the body will digest as opposed to going into the straight into the detoxification and repair. So we want to talk about eating windows. Medication can impact the circadian rhythm for sure. So when we're talking about medications um, and treatments like chemotherapy, that can impact the circadian rhythm, but there are ways that we can help to sync it. The time we eat, keeping a good bedtime, exercising, all of these things go to maintaining a well-balanced circadian rhythm. And there is research out there showing that an imbalance of the circadian rhythm, or if it's knocked off its wheel, that can lead to disease. Um, there are studies about uh, airline stewardess and sh stewardesses and shift workers and breast cancer, showing that there's a higher tendency in shift workers to have breast cancer. So it really is important. Uh, there is even research out there now about the timing of giving certain chemotherapies, you know, it's for mitigating side effects. It may be better to do it at one part of the day than the other. So really important that we understand what the circadian rhythm is and that we get our sleep patterns down. We all know that sleep is essential. And this is part of the reason why is sinking the circadian rhythm. Mm. Oh, so I love everything you just said there. Yeah. And some of the things that I try to do, because I'm always very cognizant of my circadian rhythm, especially now, like during the pandemic, when you're not mm -hmm. really getting outside as much either. Um, so one of the first things I do in the morning is I just open the blinds right away and just start flooding the room with light, to just send a signal to my brain that, hey, it's time to get up now. It's start of a new day. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, same thing when I go to bed, like I just make sure that I have some sort of like a wind down routine that, you know, sends a signal to my brain that, hey, this is the end of the day we're winding down now we're preparing for sleep so there's like no screens like you know within mm -hmm. like an hour or two before going to bed because you can't expect to look at a bright screen and then shut it down and then try to go to sleep and then you know wondering why you're not able to fall asleep it's because you've you've yeah. essentially gone from day to just night within you know a couple of minutes so we need to kind of do some things like you know wind down from the day whether it's you know sipping on your favorite you know decaf tea or you know reading a book whatever it is essential oils whatever it is to send that signal that hey it is time to wind down now it is time to prepare for bed and i think that also improves the quality of your sleep too because you could be sleeping for you know seven hours but it might be crappy sleep right you might be waking mm -hmm. up continuously through the night so i think that's why it's really important to have some sort of a wind down routine because it does help to improve that quality of your sleep as well 
It absolutely does. And if it's not working, change up the routine. Right. Uh, you know, it's like flexing a muscle or a different exercise. It, it can just shock the body a bit. So changing up the routine, if it's not working, it's the melatonin and cortisol. We want to be regulating here. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure our melatonin is, is rising well to make us sleepy. And then in the morning, our cortisol is getting us out of bed. And there are other hormones that are involved, of course, but these are the two main ones we want to regulate. And right. when we're under stress, this can really uh, impact cortisol levels, which again can impact the circadian rhythm. So again, we're talking about lifestyle, um, which is key, you know, in mm-hmm. cancer prevention, but in disease prevention and in good health. Right. So Kathy, I want to talk about functional foods for a minute, because this is a hot topic right now in the health mm-hmm. and wellness space, about functional medicine and functional foods. Um, what are some of the forgotten, you know, functions of foods when we talk about like either cancer prevention or maybe even cancer treatment? So functional foods, you know, it's, it's in quotations. Um, I, I, I use the, I use the word um, because people identify with the word. There's never one food that's going to make or break you um, within each grouping of food. Uh, for instance, if cruciferous vegetables, if someone doesn't like Brussels sprouts, it doesn't mean that they're in big trouble, right? There are so many uh, vegetables that have, we're talking about phytonutrients and vitamins, macros that are essential for supporting health. Um, within each cancer, you can, so this is the way we operate in science, right? Each cancer will have different studies for different foods. In general, a healthy, a healthy diet with rotating uh, macros and not macros, real, but rotating food, rotating colors is what's essential. But if you want to talk, if you want to dive into a couple of cancers, for instance, uh, prostate cancer, uh, tomatoes, lycopene, uh, pomegranate. So tomatoes, you want to heat them um, because the lycopene has been showed um, to be anti-cancer, if you wanted to use that word, but have properties that can fight against cancer. Um, In general, you want to have a lot of variety, a lot of greens to support detoxification. Greens have a lot of nutrients in them, uh, a lot of fiber. Functional foods like fermented foods to support the microbiome. Um, again, these when you call them functional foods, it, it almost sounds to me that these are foods that you are taking that you've really never had and throwing them in because you want. But they're really foods that should be included in a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in breast cancer, flaxseed is up there um, with, with one that's been well-researched for uh, breast cancer. Mushrooms are wonderful in in the area of functional foods. I'm a big, big fan of mushrooms, mushroom powders uh, to help uh, the immune system. Big thing for me is getting a ton of fiber and rotating. If we can just do that, we are so far ahead of the masses um, to support all areas of care. The microbiome does rely on fiber uh, to help feed our little critters down there. And the fermented foods help give us probiotics. When we're going through care, when we're going through cancer care, um, a lot of doctors don't want any supplementation. So we really do rely on a solid diet to give us the nutrition that we need. And that's why functional foods has its name. These have been researched and studied to be very beneficial, you know, Mm. uber beneficial to a diet, but there are so many things, walnuts, there's so blueberries, Mm. uh, but these are things that can be, should be included in a regular diet as well. Confused about which foods to stock in your kitchen? My free bare essentials ebook is the ultimate grocery list for healthy eating success. 
In the ebook, you'll learn how to stock your kitchen, which removes the confusion about what's actually healthy. The ebook also contains healthy, delicious recipes so that you can put those ingredients into action and give your body the nutrient that it needs. You can grab it now at trudyestone.com forward slash pantry. There's also a link in the show notes for you to grab it. Mm-hmm. So Kathy, having said all of that, like you have such a, such a great approach to not only cancer prevention, but cancer treatment as well, something like I've never really seen before. Um, so I want people to learn even more about what you do. And you have this amazing program. It's called the Integrative Cancer Nutrition Method, if I'm getting that correct. Yep. Um, so you can, can you tell us a little bit more about that program and how people can join? This is an evolution of my clinical practice. And again, pushed because I've been at home and not in clinic, but um, this is a downloadable program. It's an evergreen program. Once, once you have this, you can continually go back to it and reference. Um, It's a four week program and it's a lifestyle and diet combination program with lots of recipes. I think over 40 recipes, lots of handouts, some gratitude, um, homework in it, because that's also a huge piece. But week one, we'll study the microbiome. So the four weeks are really going, um, giving people a broad based understanding of the importance of the microbiome and the areas that it impacts in its relationship to cancer. Um, This is for prevention. And it's also for people wanting to up their health before they go into cancer care. I talk about the circadian rhythm. I talk about detoxification, the importance of movement, not just the gut microbiome, but the skin and oral um, biome, the biome all over our body, uh, talking about eating therapies, uh, why they can be beneficial, talking about, you know, within in the eating intermittent fasting, why it's important not to be eating continually all day, in most situations. Um, So it's it's a very uh, well thought out. It's something that I've used in clinic now for for a while, and I've seen many benefits of it. And it's it's just something I'm very I'm very proud of. It's something I wish I had had uh, in reference to before I went into therapy. It's also a great tool for um, people who are supporting uh, cancer patients and looking for ideas of how to incorporate good food, of how to incorporate lifestyle practices. It's a very it's, it's a solid, solid foundation for prevention. And as I said, going into care. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I love that you talked about the caregiver aspect as well, because mm-hmm. I think that's also an, an often, often overlooked aspect of, you know, getting a yeah. cancer diagnosis is the family and, and how the family can best support somebody through that. Um, I don't know if you want to share your own experience with that and maybe your, if with your family and how they handled the diagnosis and how they were able to support you. And maybe even if you had any tips for caregivers specifically that you're able to share. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have four kids and my diagnosis was almost 10 years ago. So they were 10 years younger and they all handled it differently. Um, and, but my husband was there the whole time and I'm very, very fortunate. I remember I had a phone call. I wanted to, I knew that I was going in for treatment. I knew I was going to lose my hair and I had a young one and I, I just, I didn't want her to be frightened. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to get my eyebrows tattooed. And I, I, so I phoned this lady and you know, she's, Oh, I do it all the time. I have so many people, the same situation. And she said, you know, can you get here? Are you well enough? I said, Oh yeah, no problem. My husband will drive me. And she said, well, you're very fortunate. And I said, why? She said, I talked to so many people who, whose spouses, um, they can't take it. And, and 
they're, you know, they've left. And I think we don't understand the impact of a cancer diagnosis on the family and the support care. And we also don't understand it from the patient's view either. Mm -hmm. Um, The patients don't want to be overwhelming. You know, my husband came every hospital visit. We were in the hundreds. Uh, He came to every hospital visit and I listened for certain things more of a life death sort of thing and treatment. And he listened to the details. So I was able to just leave there and say, sorry, what did she say? When do I have to go back? And that puts an onus on him, um, of of course, but they are your loved ones and they want to be there to support you, but they have to take care of themselves as well. And when I'm working with support care uh, people, you know, I'll say this is a program. It's wonderful for you, for the the person, your loved one that you're supporting. But everything I'm saying here, you should be doing for yourself too. You need to be healthy. You need to stay healthy through this. It's it can be, and of course, we have varying degrees of of the disease. Some are are more you know more sick than others, and which causes more stress, of course. Um, but the support group has to be taken care of. And, and it's, it's like that thing in the airplane, right? When the, the stewardess says, when the mask drops, you've got to put it on yourself first, and then you support the person beside you. It's very, it, they're, they're coming at, it's, it's one disease, but approached and at an advantage of very, two very different um, vantage points, I guess is what I'm wanting to say. And the support people, have to take care of themselves. And I was, yeah, I was cognizant. I was myself very cognizant of, I was mindful of what I said. I I didn't want to add any more stress. Um, I often tell cancer patients I'm working with it. it, It's, it's similar for a lot of them. You know, they'll, they'll talk to a certain point and then they don't want to be a burden. And I often say, you know, talk to someone who doesn't know you get somebody that can, you can talk to and, and lay out everything on the line. Um, you know, I was afraid of my mortality. Uh, unfortunately, when you get a diagnosis of cancer, for many of us, the knee-jerk reaction is um, it's 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 going to lead to, you know, down the, the dark path, right? It's a hit in the face with your mortality. Um, and I certainly didn't want to talk about that in my, this is all my personal opinion, right? Or my, my journey. I didn't want to talk too much about that with my family because that was just a whole other, they had the diagnosis and the, the stress of me um, sort of being out of where my normal position role was in the family for a bit. I certainly didn't want to talk to them about my fear of, of, you know, something going untoward. So I had other people that I talked to. It's a tribe, um, I often call it a tribe and you, you, you pull into your group, the people that resonate with you and you may be extremely surprised who that group is. And I also talk to people, uh, patients that, and don't be hurt by those who can't be in your tribe. Some people can't be there for you right now. And that's just them. And they may come back in a different way, but you have the group that you need, you form it, you take your time. You have to be you have to be truthful and you have to have only people there that are moving you further. And everyone has their different place for you in, in your tribe. And hopefully you have a group that you can pull together. Um, it, that's that, again, this is my, my own, my own journey. I've never talked about this. Um, this is my own journey through it. I had different people that I relied on for different things and um, I made it through. Mm, I, I love so many, so much of what you said there. And I also like that you talked about, 
you know, talking to somebody outside of the situation who doesn't mm-hmm. really know you. Cause I think sometimes that can be helpful as well, because I think that also alleviates the burden on, you know, the person who's received the diagnosis to feel mm-hmm. like you almost have to be strong, you know, for those people that are there to support you. And, and I don't know if you've ever felt that way, you know, through your situation as well, but I just feel like if you're able to talk to somebody that's a little bit objective, somebody who doesn't really know you personally, I think it, that just kind of makes it a lot easier on the person who's gotten that treatment. So I'm so glad that your course actually talks about how caregivers can support um, mm-hmm. their loved ones going through this diagnosis as well, because it's such a huge, huge part of it. And so it people really can, is. Yeah. And so people can join your program at any time, Kathy. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it, it's a downloadable uh, one-time purchase idea. Downloaded, all the recordings are there for each week. Um, so I'm narrating it, of course, and you're getting all the information on, you're being educated and learning Perfect. how to take care of yourself. So yeah, on my website, it's right there, um, available for purchase at any time. Okay. And I'll make sure that I link to that in the show notes as well. So everybody can go ahead and and check that out. Cause I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal program. And, you know, we do need to learn how to use foods, how to use nutrition, how to, you know, incorporate other lifestyle practices as well to, you know, to get you through that diagnosis, or even just if you wanted to focus on prevention as well. So such an important course. Thank you. So Kathy, I have a question for you. And it's something that I ask all of my guests, what is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body? my favorite way. I love to exercise. Even when I was going through treatment 10 years ago, the doctors were like, calm down, don't exercise too much. It can be inflammatory. And I, as I said earlier, I was at this gym all the time and I thought I did have to. And they said, no, 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 you got to exercise. I just felt for me, for my mindset, I wanted to move my body. That was me. Mm. I needed to move. I needed to be outside walking or whatever. It just cleared my mind that, that for me, that's and sleep really (laughs) trying to get sleep. I can tell when I haven't had a good night's sleep. Um, It just, nothing's working well. My mood can be really bad. And especially I've really actually honed in on sleep during the COVID um, because there was a period of time earlier when my work day and my night day there, you know, after work, there was no line, you know, I was, Mm. I'd I'd start whenever I'd work till, you know, 12 o'clock at night. And then I wasn't sleeping and I had to stand back and sort of reevaluate. It's like, no, I gotta, I really got to make differentiations on the work day and and the rest day. So Mm. it's been hard. It's been hard, but um, really working on sleep. That's really important for me, for my mindset. I love that. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of getting enough sleep as well. Um, because yeah, sleep is so important. It affects your decision-making the next day. There's Mm -hmm. lots of studies that show us that, um, also shows that your hormones get completely out of whack when you don't get enough sleep and you know, your hunger hormone ghrelin starts to increase. So that means you you're more likely to overeat foods or make, you know, bad food choices the next day. So yeah, sleep is so incredibly important. I'm there with you on that one for sure. So Kathy, if people want to learn more about you or follow you, where can they find you? KathyBiase.com. That's my website. My social media is variations of Kathy Biase. Um, but you can get all my social media, my blogs, uh, some recipes, lots of freebies on, on that website, which is great. Perfect. And I'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes as well. And Kathy, Thank I do you. have actually one more final question for mm-hmm. you. I know that you have this program, but do you also work with people one-on-one as well? 
I do. I do okay. actually. Um, that program is a little bit more customized, same idea, same structure, the four week, but it's a little bit more customized to where someone might be in their diagnosis, um, the type of cancer. So as it's, it's more one-on-one customizable for them. Okay, perfect. So I'll make sure to, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. For those of you who might want to work with Kathy one-on-one, you have a few different options to get more of Kathy in your life. (laughs) So So, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us on the Mind Your Body show today. It was, you know, such a pleasure to have you here. Um, You know, when I met you, I had mentioned to you that my sister, you know, was a breast cancer or is a breast Mm -hmm. cancer survivor as well. And she's been in remission now um, for 10 years as well. So So it must um, have been the same year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same year. Um, so, so thankful that my sister is here and is, and is thriving today. So the work that you do, Kathy is so incredibly, incredibly important. And I'm so fortunate uh, to have you on the mind your body show today to share all that, you know, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Trudy. Kind words. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the mind your body show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEStone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also, make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.